1: Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody.
0: Almost as good as
1: Max. This is the Cutting Out Early podcast with your spectacular hosts, Alex Newth and Zach Montgomery, the only hosts that are here for today. Max has uh, some business to attend to,
0: he's on uh, health and safety protocols. <laughs> No, just just kidding. He's he'll, a little too busy for us. He's he's above us apparently.
1: Yeah, he'll be back next week. Hopefully, hopefully, no, hopefully not.
0: <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. We want Max back.
1: Yeah, yes. Well, anyway, we got a packed show for you today with just us two. Uh, we got a lot of sports, even though we're not just a sports podcast. And the it's problem gonna be a- is we don't
0: we don't have Max. Max is our. Uh, He's our plug for uh, pop culture news and
1: The Bachelor. Yeah, you know, I really did want to talk about that Drake story. I don't know, you saw it, right?
0: Oh, we, we should talk about that. That was funny.
1: I would love to get Max's reaction to that too. We could talk about it now.
0: Okay, um, yeah, just give give the quick rundown. <laughs> I, I saw the story on Barstool. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah. So apparently Drake was having relations with he's a for, yeah with a uh, with a Instagram star. Who, I don't know. I don't, I didn't catch her name, but I would assume, you know, an Instagram model. I kind of think most people can get the picture on what's going on there. And, uh, <laughs> and I didn't get her
0: name either. I don't think it was in the article.
1: <laughs> and apparently, so they had finished their relations and the protection that they had used, Drake threw out, um, in the bathroom trash can. And, which
0: good for him for using protection. Yeah. I mean, that's smart, great.
1: Smart guy. He knows what he's doing. And he, um, Apparently the Instagram model then followed him like up in the bathroom and took the protection out of the trash can and then tried to impregnate herself with the used protection. <laughs> <laughs> and so but that Drake knew that this might be coming and excuse me, wrong 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 word to use there. <laughs> and he this actually isn't his first rodeo. And he put uh Hot sauce in the, in the, in the used condom. <laughs> so instead of impregnating herself with whatever, you know, with Drake's uh, little Drake's, it, she shoves some uh, hot sauce up there. So it's just a wild story. <laughs> His own
0: homemade uh, spermicide. <laughs> I mean, good for him. That's smart. That's a smart move. I, what I and Also what what a cloud chaser. That's awful. <laughs> she she got what she deserved. I, I don't feel sorry for her at all.
1: I, mean, I Come on. The the foresight to be able to see that like this might happen is first of all that tells you that maybe you shouldn't be having relations with this girl if you're worried about that happening and you have to go the extra mile to dump hot sauce in it. But um yeah, but that's crazy that he thought, like that was his solution. And um he also so apparently this Instagram model is now suing him for damages and like, whatever. And I I am not a lawyer, but I don't think that's gonna hold up in court.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I am,
1: and I, I don't think it's gonna hold up in court. <laughs> so yeah, it's a crazy story coming uh, from Drake, and uh, yeah, I lucky for us, Alex. I don't think we have to deal with uh, Instagram models anymore. I think we're 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 taken. So. <laughs> Although, Max, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I
0: I don't think our uh, swimmers are quite as sought after.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. Anyway. Oh, man.
0: Well, but th- I think that just goes to show that that is not the first time that that's happened to to Drake. He's he's learned his lesson. No,
1: I, I think they were saying that his first child might have been a similar story or something, you know, where he thought he was protected and then he's, he ended up not being. So... It's an interesting, interesting topic.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. I, yeah. Wow. That, that is insane. And I can't (laughs) believe that she admitted to it. I I think if that happened to me as a woman, I would just, that would be my most embarrassing story ever. And no
1: one would ever hear about it. I know. And then she takes it to social media and is like suing him about it now, which is like wild. Cause if that ever happened, I'd be like, no, I'm like, (laughs) this is never going to see the light of day. Not only social
0: media, but court. I know. I she's know taking I, it, she's taking it to court.
1: I don't know how she thinks she's going to win anything. Like, maybe she, I'm, I'm sure she makes lots of money and she can compete with whatever Drake, Drake puts out there. I mean, maybe not as much, but that, that just seems crazy to me that she thinks she's going to get something out of this. Like, what, what is this? Def- what is your defense? I was shoving something that was in the trash can, not where it was supposed to go, and something bad happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know. Well,
0: you're, you're the doctor. Do you think that could leave any lasting damage? not that drake could be liable even if
1: it did but honestly i don't know but if i had to guess i would say no she's probably gonna be fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. maybe just
0: a little um i don't know spicy for the next couple of days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe some humility <laughs>
0: yeah oh man anyway that's terrible yeah
1: it, that was a wild so i i like i the foresight to do that and that it actually like went through and it, the booby trap like worked out is crazy so anyway
0: I wonder if he was kind of low-key hoping that would happen Just to see what <laughs> what the outcome would be I think
1: most people would respect him for doing that, right? Like, most people are like, okay like it, it's They don't see it as malicious, right? Because he was doing things that were to protect him and her And then she went the extra mile and, you know, put herself in danger, essentially Or them in danger or whatever So it's like, it's kind of funny He actually gained respect out of doing it Out of something that's like, <laughs> I don't know just crazy to think about.
0: Yeah, I can just imagine her like yelling from the from the bathroom, like "Ah, you got me!" <laughs>
1: right. Not yeah, I got me. Like, holy shit! <laughs> is probably what I would imagine. <laughs> I, That's the money shot. Yeah. That's the money shot. Hey, that is that was not the money shot. So <laughs> That's what, that Drake. was Drake's
0: reaction. That was live audio of Drake in <laughs> the bedroom.
1: I actually have to get my shots set up. So right now. I, you guys obviously can't see this. I'm set up on Max's laptops right now. I'm trying to organize his drops, and we're doing the audio without him because usually he's kind of the mastermind behind this stuff. Oh, so. don't,
0: don't call him the mastermind. <laughs> don't inflate his ego like that.
1: Uh, eh, yeah. He
0: he runs it. No, he he is good, and we, we couldn't do it without him. He does know the board still. pretty
1: well. Well, we're trying to do it without him now, and I think I think we can dot this. I think we have the audio pretty down. I just have oh, to, we, you know. We don't need Max. We can do this totally <laughs> without him. Yeah, let's see. Are you doing okay? There we go. I think we are doing okay.
0: Oh, that's a classic Max drop.
1: Too. <laughs> he's got. See, Max has all the good drops too. So we haven't gotten the updated drop list from Max yet. So a lot of these, uh, you know, these, these, the Anna, Nicole Smith ones are. What, all are you, the, what are you doing? These he loves these, <laughs> and none of us have these. So <laughs> I'm going down the list and see what he's got here. He's got, I
0: love the I love the ones he has, like that like the Anna Nicole Smith where it's all the same audio, but he cuts it into like five or six different pieces so you can play it in different <laughs> orders.
1: Here we go. Bing bong! There we go. These has got all the Coney Island ones. What else does he have? <laughs> was, anyway, he's got he's he's loaded yeah, I haven't gotten with drops. <laughs> I know we were very
0: still. We
1: we were supposed to get them this week, actually. And i kind of disappointed it didn't work out because I was looking forward yeah, to having Max, him.
0: Max, what's going on? You said you were going to put him in a zip file.
1: Like, like, Send him on over. Come I on. know. Not only is he not here today, but he's not following through on his commitments. I'm pretty sure he said this on the podcast that he was going to give him to us. So, you know? Yeah,
0: there's live audio of him
1: I'm admitting, <laughs> him agreeing to this. Yeah. Anyway, so next on our, our list here. I think our first topic that we're really going to dive into is uh, the Michigan State basketball that didn't happen, although it did happen last night. It didn't happen uh, on Saturday. And sort of the Juan Howard ducking story uh, as some are spinning it. And I don't know, Alex, if you uh, have a story or something you're going to read about this. But um, I don't, personally, I'm not sure if... I, there might be COVID actually Outbreaking and I hope they're okay But the, the the story behind What happened to kind of prevent the Michigan State game from happening seems kind of Fishy to me
0: Uh, I think the timing is unfortunate You think it's um, unfortunate? At least, at least the information we get as fans I don't really, I heard Izzo said that Jawan Howard called him personally But Izzo, even Izzo said that there was Trouble with communication between administrations. Well, they were, down, know-
1: they were down in Ann Arbor warming up on Friday. Exactly. And then, like, they were all set up, and it wasn't until 11 o'clock Friday night that they found out the game wasn't going to happen. And then uh, Saturday, uh, and then, well, we all found out Saturday morning. But, you know, they already traveled down there. They had the hotel booked. They were, like, sleeping. <laughs> and then you find out that the game's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they had several players miss their Rutgers trip that was earlier in the week.
1: Yeah, and I believe the stories coming out of that game were that they were and, actually going to have. Kind st- of think that they- oh, the audio's coming. Go ahead, Alex. Go no, ahead.
0: sorry, you're. But I was anyway. I was just saying that you would think that they knew who was going to uh, going to be available for them, and I don't know how often they test or not. But. Why are they testing at you know, midnight the yeah. night before a game? I mean, let's get some tests in earlier, like before your opponent travels, especially if there's concerns about you not having enough players available for the game. Yeah, I mean, and the, it just seems kind of like a courtesy thing more than anything.
1: And they had a uh, they had a central the University of Central Florida game was like a week before this game. And apparently during that game, they were like it was like a vacation for them. So not only did they go and lose, which was, you know, unfortunate for them. But they also were, like, at Miami Heat games and, like, going to the beach. And I don't – so they weren't, like, being precautious. (laughs) And then they ended up losing somebody for the Rutgers, you know, losing – I think it was, like, three or four players for the Rutgers game and then enough for the Michigan State game that they couldn't even play. So it's like – you know, if you're going to take this seriously, why are you guys doing that? You know, it, it just, it also, you were right, Alex, in what you said, that it's weird that they were testing at like 11 o'clock at night. Like they, I think the story behind it was that something happened at practice for them to be concerned about some sort of, uh, you know, contagious thing happened. I don't know if someone coughed at practice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just
0: someone <laughs> had a coughing fit. And going, like, no.
1: All right. I want everyone tested, but, uh, um. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of like what the reasoning was, but something happened at practice where they were concerned, and then they ended up not playing. And debatable. First of all, it was it was a game where Michigan State was coming in with all the momentum, and frankly, U of M has been floundering for like the past three or four games now. I think they're on like a three-game losing streak, if I remember correctly. And it's you know it was to be honest, it was a game that um, Juwan Howard needs. You know, he needs Michigan State to come into Ann Arbor and for them to beat him if they want a chance to make the tournament right now. And if you want to build your resume and you do that with quad one wins or whatever Michigan State brings, like, this was one of your chances. So, I don't know. It's it, it's it's kind of bad for both sides at the end of the day. So, I don't know if he did it. it, it it's not likely that it was purely because of, you know, I didn't want to play because I thought we would lose sort of thing. But... It's just kind of the, the, the story behind it seems kind of like what is going on over there, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. And, I mean, I mean, even if you set aside the conspiracy theories of Michigan ducking opponents and all that stuff, I mean, it definitely comes at a really bad time for the program because, like you said, they are set to play Michigan State. Then they were set to play Purdue on Monday, I want to say. And now they're set to play Illinois on Friday, tomorrow. And that is up in the air. So if they lose games against their top three Big Ten opponents, that's some tournament resume mater- building material stuff right there that they cannot. They might not be able to get. I saw somewhere on Twitter some reporters were talking about how not all these games might be made up. Last year, um, Michigan had a multi-week COVID pause, and they had six Big Ten games postponed. Um, they only ended up making three of them uh, back up. So if that happens again. And those three games that they don't make up are MSU, Illinois, and Purdue. Then U of M, who is already seven and six or seven and seven, close to five hundred. I mean, they could really be losing out on some really valuable resume-building material for making the tournament. Yeah. Um, and I remember last year, uh, Michigan. I think they they finished this MLive article here it says they finished with a fourteen and three record. And now I'm remembering how Illinois um, finished with a sixteen and four record in the Big Ten. They played all their games. And yet Michigan, who missed three Big Ten games, won the uh, conference championship. I remember Illinois fans were pretty upset about that. And I don't think we're going to be in that situation this year just because Michigan has been off to kind of a bad start and they'd have to make up quite a bit of ground uh, in order to be in that situation. But you could definitely see it happening if some of the other top teams like Purdue or MSU or Illinois start having these, these outbreaks.
1: Yeah. No, I agree Alex. I, and also, it the weird thing is is that the other sport like football, take football for example. How is a team that's like I don't know, how many times bigger is a football team than a than a basketball team? Like it's I like I think
0: college football can have like a lot. They can have a lot. I, like, I almost it, want to say it can have up to 100 something players.
1: Yeah, it's like four or five times bigger than your basketball team. And it was completely oh, way more. completely unaffected by the uh, by the COVID outbreak when they were in the Are playoffs, Are you vaccinated? Yes, sir. And, and another point to think is that, uh, the, they're all vaccinated too. Right. So it's like, I don't know why everyone is still being tested. when well, you're all, well, vaccinated. we don't know
0: if they're vaccinated or not. Um, I don't think one of Izzo's points. So this is again in the Live article. Um, so Izzo said that, um, John Howard called him personally to say the game was off. And, this is from this is a quote from a, uh, a news reporter, Kyle Austin. While Izzo said he had no issue with Michigan's handling of the postponement, he said he'd like to see more transparency from schools at the administrative level, including on player vaccination rates, player booster rates, and protocol regarding quarantine and testing. So maybe Izzo's upset with whatever protocols Michigan has in place that allowed them to have this many positive tests, or maybe he's upset that he doesn't know what their vaccination rate is, or maybe he knows it's lower than it should be. I don't know. Maybe it's a hundred percent and he just wants to know that. Um, But I know that the MSU basketball account tweeted out that um, their team is a hundred percent vaxxed and boosted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well then, I mean, that would be, that would be a point too. I, I don't, my point too, is that some of these, these players, especially in like these football, the NFL's kind of moved this way where if you're vaccinated, you don't need to be tested unless you're symptomatic. Right. And it sounds like they tested. It sounded like they tested the entire team, which is another weird thing. I'm, I'm assuming the entire team isn't vaccinated, right? Or is va- Not the entire team is not vaccinated. I didn't say that right. Hold on, something like that. Wait, say that again. <laughs> People, I'm assuming that not everybody on the Michigan basketball team is not vaccinated. Like there're definitely some vaccinated players on that team, right? So right. I, they, it sounds like they were testing everybody, which is strange because it, most of the protocols now have gone from you know you have to take a test if you only if you're symptomatic right that's what the NFL is doing now if you're vaccinated and boosted you only have to go you only have to test if you're symptomatic so somebody must have been really symptomatic and then i the only thing else i could say is that the other players that were ended up you know were either unvaccinated or symptomatic too
0: yeah i don't know what the protocols are but i do know that michigan has 14 scholarship players And the Big Ten rules are that you can only cancel or postpone games if you have fewer than seven scholarship players available. So that means they must have had eight scholarship players that could not play because of COVID.
1: Or there was also like a fudge line for it, too. And it was like we can kind of make it if you have more than that or less than you want to play with less than that, you can. Or if you want to cancel with more than that, too, there was a bit of a fudge line with it. That's what I thought was going on, anyway.
0: Oh well, that that might be where the conspiracy theories start coming in.
1: <laughs> it's not. A, I, I'm am almost positive it's not an exact science where these you know you have to have. It's seven is the cutoff line. So, anyway. So um, what what
0: do you think? What do you think is gonna be the season outcome for Michigan? Do you think they're going to be able to get their players back and have a good end of the season, make the tournament? Do you think? Maybe they'll miss quite a few games and end up with a poor record or maybe not enough games played and blame it on COVID. Or do you think they come back <laughs> well, and they just play awful and miss the tournament despite playing enough I
1: games? I am 100% positive that if they don't make the tournament, the U of M fans will, will say that it, it was an issue of um, COVID. But to be honest with you, I don't, I, I don't think this Michigan team, at least the way we've seen them play so far, is capable of making the tournament anyway. So I I think even if they come back and they play some of these games, I'm kind of looking through their schedule right now. I mean, they're supposed to play Illinois tomorrow. That's a big game for them. Uh, Maryland, I don't know how great Maryland is this year. I know they just fired their coach. So I don't know how great they're doing this year. Indiana will be an important game for them. And then they come back and play us the 29th, Michigan State the 29th. Then Purdue again. So there's two Purdue games. They have an Ohio State game. Wisconsin, So they have – an Illinois, so they have a tough enough schedule, I think, that if they strung some wins together, they could make it. But they've shown me nothing so far that thinks that they, you know, they could beat the likes of an Ohio State who's like 16 or 17 in the nation right now, a Wisconsin who's right up there, I think, in the top 15. There's just – I from what – even some of the other – their big losses have just been, you know, brutal. Like, they were losing to Rutgers. <laughs> I think their only win in the Big Ten so far is Nebraska, and Nebraska's just – horrible right now so
0: so what what happened to them because I think they brought back Isaiah Livers and Hunter Dickerson
1: no no Isaiah Livers is actually on the Pistons right now
0: oh um, who well, am I thinking of that they brought back from last year Eli besides Brooks, Hunter Dickinson, Eli Brooks Eli Eli Brooks
1: yeah yes <clears throat> they so I for them I think a lot of it is they're um they're not playing good defense and so it kind of shows with a it, when they get down the stretch I think for that um, Central Florida game, they were up 10 at the half, and then they ended up losing by 14. So it's like these big swings in, in, in point differentials because they're not playing good defense, and also they're not having good consistency at their, at their point guard position. They brought in like a big five-star point guard, and even if I think that point, the point guard position, especially in the college game, is probably the most important position on the, on the court. I think we saw that with Michigan State last year. Where Michigan State didn't have a real point guard and they they struggled, they really did. At a team that had decent amount, of, I think, a decent amount of talent in Aaron Henry and you know Marcus Bingham and all these players that are kind of showing up now, the without a point guard, they were liable to lose to anyone, anywhere at any time. And Michigan Michigan has a young point guard who I is just not playing very well, and it, it shows on the court.
0: Right. I, I haven't watched a lot of Michigan basketball, but I like that analysis, and I think that is at least spot on. If uh, I mean, I definitely agree with what you said about MSU. So if that applies to Michigan <laughs> this year, then I think you are you're spot on.
1: And I'm going to be honest too. I, I'm I'm not a big fan of, of. I'm not. I shouldn't say big fan. I'm not a sold on John Howard yet. I think last year he had a team of really good transfers. Um, their point guard they had last year. I think he's actually playing for an NBA team. Like on the he's he's like one of the COVID players that they brought in and um they so they had the they had two really good transfers and then a bunch of uh John Beeline players and granted there were some of his recruiting class in there but he has none of his players have played yet and I think for basketball it shows up really quickly when when your depth of from the old coach kind of whittles away and now these are your players and We'll see if Juan Howard can keep up the consistency that he had, especially after his first year. So there's also yeah. – he also has that assistant coach. I forget his name. He's a great coach. He used to coach uh, Loyola for the longest time, and then he ended up retiring, and Juan brought him over as, like, an assistant coach for a long time. And as soon as he brought that Loyola coach to the Michigan program, the – the team took off last year and that's when they were like number two in the nation and they got the number one seed and yada, yada, yada is, is when they brought this coach. And I don't know how involved that assistant coach from Loyola is this year. And that might be another reason why they're kind of struggling.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I mean, you know a lot more about the Michigan basketball team than I do. I know absolutely nothing for me. It is MSU basketball and that's it.
1: You saw the game last night.
0: Oh yeah. I was watching the game last night. That was, Nerve wracking, a lot, a lot more nerve wracking than I wanted it to be. We beat Minnesota seventy-one to sixty-nine on a last-second shot right? by Hauser, yeah. who really, really needs to get back in his groove. So I hope that helps set him straight. I mean, if you saw him after the game, it was quite the scene. All the players were mobbing him. He looked real, real happy, which I know he's been kind of in his own head lately. So hopefully that that helps. Um, I mean, he. I thought at times he didn't play as well as he could have. I thought his rebounding was a little bit poor, but he was four for f- five from the uh, field and uh obviously had that really, really important basket at the end. Yeah. On a great dish from Hoggard.
1: I know. Hogard.
0: Hogard. Hogard. Who yeah. Who I think plays a little bit too recklessly for my taste, but <laughs> hey, that pass worked at the end. So
1: Yeah, apparently so Walker, the Tyson Walker, not Kenneth Walker. Another transfer. Easy to confuse. He uh, so Tyson Walker was sitting out for the last ten minutes of that game. I don't know if he was like injured or something was up with him because he was playing really well. Like he was shooting the when I I right about when I turned the ball or game off, it was probably like with uh, ten minutes to go in the half. He was like making threes. He had a really nice layup like, with a move where he split two defenders, and then he ended up sitting out the second half. And I think the Michigan State offense is at its best when Tyson Walker's out there and he's dishing the ball. You know, he he has a little I think he has a little bit more athleticism than than Cassius did and maybe a little less uh ability with the, the assists and everything and seeing the floor the way that Cassius did. But he's Cassius esque, I think, in the in the way that he plays. And um when he's not there it's it's Hoggard. And Hoggard like he is just like you said, reckless. He likes to drive and dish, or drive and go for that layup. I mean, it's just like you know what's going to happen as soon as he starts, like you know, like you know, prepping for his his windup.
0: Right. He's gonna he's gonna drive, and one of three things is gonna happen. Either he's gonna go for the layup, the ball's <laughs> gonna get blocked to middle earth, or he's gonna throw it off someone's knee out of bounds, or you're gonna have a highlight reel assist. <laughs> those are the those are the three possibilities. And and and. and yeah, the first one is the most likely outcome <laughs> from what I've seen. He gets blocked harder than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: he he's got to work on that floater. Remember Cassius? He always had like that mid-range floater where you you didn't know if he was going to drive all the way to the basket and do the, low, the do the layup or if he was going to stop like, you know, right around the mid-range and do the floater and it would always go in like every time. Like if you could if he could get that in his game, you know, he'd have a lot more uh, to work with. If you know what I'm saying, like a lot more. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Cassius used to drive the lane like Le'Veon Bell ran the ball, where he would just like stand behind his offensive lineman and watch for the holes and then dart through them. Yeah. Now, Cassius didn't really have much dart in him, but he would kind of just like hesitate as he was driving the lane and just kind of slowly edge his way towards the basket in a way. And then either, you know, kind of get around you and throw it off the basket once he, you know, had your ankles twisted, or he'd throw up that teardrop, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, Hogard could definitely benefit from that, but who couldn't? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I honestly I, I watched the for most of the game. It was a weird game too cuz I that was one game where I thought that not only was Michigan State better than Minnesota, but I thought that like they were like playing decently well, but for some reason Minnesota was just always in the game. It was so weird for me watching. Like it, it I think it was the offensive rebounds. I I guess if I were to look back at it, but it was just like, it was a, it was a strange game. I thought, I don't know. Luckily it was a win. Yeah. Minnesota had
0: 12 offensive rebounds, which is quite a few, almost, I mean, almost over a third of their total rebounds were offensive rebounds, which I guess I don't know what a typical stat is, but that seems like a lot. Yeah. Um, But really what kept them in the game was Curry. I don't know if you watched him. He got hurt in the last like minute or two of the game, Eric Curry. yeah, I think that's who got hurt, right? Or was it battle? No, it was definitely Curry. It was Curry. Curry yeah. got hurt. But he had 19 points, and he, he played out of his mind, I thought. 8 for 12 from the floor, um, 7 rebounds, 19 points. I mean, he just really carried them on his shoulders. And Minnesota is a pretty good team. They beat Michigan by 10. Um, and yeah, I agree. I thought MSU outplayed them for most of the game. But yeah, Minnesota just kept hanging around. And they only had three players come off the bench. So it was really just those starters just really getting in their groove and wearing down the MSU defense, I guess. Yeah. Just, you know, slow and steady kind of wins the race. You know, if I look at this this game cast, I like to go on ESPN and see the um the charts of the score as the game goes on, as the you know, the two colors kind of fight back and forth to see who's gonna win. And sometimes you'll you'll see these score lines where they're are long stretches of just, you know, flatlining, especially against MSU. And in the first half, there's quite a few for Minnesota uh, flatlines. I can see like two or three pretty extended periods where Minnesota just could not score. But in the second half, there's like none. Minnesota was just consistent the entire second half, on and twice. that kept them in the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so Alex. What do you think the ceiling at in the in mid January? What do you think the ceiling of this Michigan State team is?
0: Uh, the, I mean, I always want to say national champion, of course, and still, you know, dying for Izzo's next national championship. <laughs> I I hope that
1: happens. He but, walks. He walks away if it happens. I think he retires right there on the you spot. You think so? You you have to right. You got to go out on top.
0: I think he has a new, at least from what I hear in his interviews and whatnot. I think he has a new love for the game like he's loving it from a different side he used to love being so fired up and getting the most out of his players that way but i think now he loves like nurturing these guys i think it's like totally different yeah i don't know if you see the same but he he seems almost like a dad to these guys more than like a coach or a boss
1: yeah yeah i can see that he and the things he says about this team aren't necessarily their skill that he's so hyped about he likes their chemistry and the way they you know the way they handle themselves together and how everyone's always you know, playing off each other and stuff like that. It's a little different of a perspective.
0: Yeah. Well, as far as ceiling goes, though, last I saw, they were pro- uh, projected a two seed in the tournament. Um, which I mean, I'll take that. That sounds great. Um, but if I go back to that Baylor game from earlier in the season, I just thought we looked. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to find the word, but outclassed. We, not outclassed. Out athletic if that makes sense like Baylor was just so much more athletic than we are and we just could not keep up in the second half we we hung with them in the first half but then the second half started and we just you know couldn't couldn't hang with them so I think it's tough to call this a championship caliber team when we don't have the athletes that I think we would need to hang with teams like Baylor who are just all athletes
1: I mean you know in, what I mean? In in so, MSU's I defense. Mean, maybe
0: with a good draw we can get final four, elite eight. I mean, that would be great. I would call that a successful season. Um, but Max Christie is really developing. I think he's coming along really nice. And I mean, Izzo's a genius. He's the best coach in the game. So
1: <laughs> in in MSU's defense, I think Baylor is the number one team in the nation right now. So I they mean... lost to Texas Tech. So oh, they just lost change It will change probably after that. But it it shows that that loss was actually, you know, maybe a team that was undervalued at that point in time. I, Alex, I think you, I have to agree with you that this team has a much higher season than they came in, you know. Um, I we th- like the stock. We like the stock. When when we <laughs> When we came in, I think that they were unranked, and everyone was just, like, waiting for, like, okay, what do you guys have that makes you different from last year when you guys were barely a tournament team you know you were the final you were the last four in and I think they they've shown that they're more than, way more than that now right they've had some consistent point guard play Marcus Bingham is block city um and 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 uh Max Christie like you said has been big and and uh what's his name Brown why can't I think of his first name Gabe Gabe Brown Gabe Brown is is being the alpha that they need him to be so I I, I think there's a lot of potential there I You know, I would agree with you, Alex. I think that if we get a really good draw, I could see a final four. I do. I do see that. So we'll see. We'll see. But it's also – it's not quite Izzo yet.
0: (laughs) i I'm in (laughs) for that.
1: We have to wait through uh, February to get to Izzo. So we'll see after uh, February.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, do we want to – since we're on MSU, do we want to briefly go over these new football hires?
1: Yeah. I don't know
0: a lot about this first guy, the D-line coach. So I'm going to let you tell me about them.
1: Yeah, so th- first of all, uh, Michigan State has had two um, coordinators leave. One was the running backs coach who was like instru- instrumental in the Connor Haywood transition into like the halfback. He was a running back when he started. And then um, he kind of transferred into like this tight end sort of player. And he left to go to Florida as a tight ends coach. And he was really well-loved and really respected. And, and, and people... Think he's going to be well missed. But um, they ended up replacing him with Ephraim uh, Reed. He's a running backs coach that was actually like the assistant to the offensive coordinator, Jay Johnson. And first of all, I think that's a great hider because he's from the Louisiana area, if I remember correctly. And he knows he has a lot of connections down there. So it helps with uh, Mel Tucker's sort of. He's been recruiting the South a lot. Like, I think we have this last class I can't even remember how many players from Georgia came in in this last class so that that's another that's a big hire and then the latest hire is this D-line coach who replaces their um, defensive backs coach and this D-line coach is an interesting pick because he wasn't a coach before he was like a trainer he was like a defensive line trainer for NFL players like Max Crosby was one of them uh, Chandler Jones, another one. These are big studs in the NFL now, and he was like a private tutor for those for those players. And Mel Tucker went out and 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 got this guy as their D line coach. And first of all, I think this is a it, the one thing about this hire is you're getting defend, NFL level defensive line coaching, which is huge for the team in general because I think most people would say that. Um, defensive end and your defen you know your defensive line is might be the second most important position on the team right, outside of the quarterback. And another thing that this defensive line coach brings is that with the new facilities coming in, he's going to actually be training NFL clients in East Lansing. At least that's part of his deal. Like he could be potentially training them in Michigan State facilities, which is another huge recruiting tactic. Like it like say we had a recruit coming in and he's this big five-star defensive end, and you look over and you see, you know, Chandler Jones training with, uh, uh, you know, our D-line coach, or or Chase Young, you know, doing a couple drills on the sideline. Like that would be spectacular in terms of recruiting, you know, in terms of being a bigger cachet, and it's just a huge like uh, status, you know, like it's 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 a great recruiting, and it's great for the team because defensive line too was also one of the weaknesses of the defense. Um, a lot of people think it was. It I can go into more detail, I guess. But uh, many people think that it, the the secondary was not as bad as the numbers suggested. In that that the pass rush on the big third downs was the reasons why these teams um had these big you know big plays. But um, even
0: though we were six in the country in sacks.
1: Yeah. So it, it was weird. So Michigan State's numbers in terms you know last season we they're the worst pass defense in the in the you know in the league last year, and um. One of the reasons was that we had we had good sack numbers on first and second down, so that's why we got number six. But the problem was is on third down, our sack numbers were basically non-existent. And that's your big passing down. That's when you know you need to you, you need to get to the quarterback because you know they're going to be there. And that's when they left their corners on an island. And that's when they would always convert on third down. I think that you know that Purdue game, for example, I, I can't even tell you how many third downs they converted on, especially third down and long, right? it was just like you could never get off the field anyway the defensive line coach is going to hopefully make it so that we hit, get a stronger pass rush especially on third down
0: yeah i'm i pulled up some of his information here just to try and get acclimated cuz i like i said i did not know anything about him but this seems like a big hire but it sounds like it's a surprising one like hiring a private tutor like this is not a you know a usual move but you know, I'm seeing his list here and he has what 195 clients in the NFL right now. I mean, that is ridiculous. I mean, he's got somebody on every team. It seems like I yeah. mean, multiple players on each team. And I, I agree that this seems like a really big hire for recruiting and our social media presence, especially, I mean, you always see those, um, those videos on ESPN, Twitter or sports center or whatever. And it's a, uh, you know, an, an NFL player and the caption is like, you know, look at, you know, uh, look at uh, Nadamakan Su grinding out here or something like that, and it's him pulling tires on some nondescript high school field. Well, now (laughs) that's going to be MSU facilities, and you're going to see Spartan heads in the background of all of those posts. Yeah, Hopefully, I mean, or at least, you know, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them, and that would be, I mean, just great for our brand, like you said. Um, It says here that he coached. Uh, defensive line for a couple of years at Austin P which is a division two school. So I guess he has um, some experience actually coaching on a team. Um, I remember reading some Reddit comments. So take this with a grain of salt, but that he had been offered jobs at top programs before, but never took them because either one, he wasn't going to be allowed to continue his um, his tutoring or they call it tutoring in this free press article, but I'll call it training, his training business on the side, or B, he wouldn't be given an on-field position. He would kind of just be like an analyst or, you know, strength and conditioning coach or something like that. Um, So I think it was a huge move from Tucker to basically, I don't know, kind of out-offer everybody else to get this guy because it sounds like he'll be worth whatever – we're gonna give him, at least at the position. I mean, if we become, you know, DEU, Defensive End University, I think that is a huge, huge move for the program. So I really hope it pans out the way everyone seems to be saying it will.
1: Yeah. Um well the thing is too is so, um, he's replacing and and say this this coach isn't necessarily, you know, going to do like your big game decisions, like the in game decisions. He's taking the position of our former defensive backs coach. And, well, you know, you might need a defense, You obviously you need a defensive backs coach. We actually have Harlan Barnett as our secondary coach. And he's somebody who's obviously well-respected within the Michigan State program, and he was a secondary coach um, under uh, – God, the pick coach now. What's his name? Why can I not remember his name? Under D'Antonio, and he was the defensive coordinator – Anyway, Harlan he, Barnett. Har, yeah. No, like, I know Harlan Barnett, but the um, old defensive, the pithead head coach now. Oh, that? Pat Narduzzi. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Yeah. I
0: misunderstood what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was the no fly zone, you know, secondary coach when uh, um, anyway, back then when they were the no fly zone. So um, he can coach the defensive backs like we have a great coach for that already. And And now we have somebody coming in who not only helps you, like, in terms of, you know, training your defensive lineman to an NFL caliber, but also can really do something for recruiting. Like, I I can't imagine, like, you know, coming for a visit, you know, and you see, like I said, you see Max Crosby out there, you know, pulling some huge tire behind his back. You know, that's just crazy to think about. So...
0: Right. You know, we've been mentioning these NFL names, just kind of guessing, but... I like I said that I have this list. So let me let me see if I can name a couple of the uh, biggest names uh, from his NFL client list. Just really quick. Man, the type is so, there's so many people on here. Um, <laughs> let's see. We've got uh Robinson, uh on the Rams, Bradley Chubb on the Broncos, William Golston of the Bucks, that's a big name. Uh, Ed Oliver of the Buffalo Bills, yeah, that's a big name right there. Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys. Huge name. Um Six players on the Lions, so they'll right, be nice yeah. and local. I'm sure they'll appreciate the I wanna, reduction in yeah. travel costs. Let's,
1: let's hear some Lions names. I want to hear them.
0: Uh, Julian Acquara, nice. Trey Flowers, Romeo Acquara, Nick Williams, Levi Anzuarike. An- I can't An- say his An- name. Uzarique. Yeah, Michael Brockers.
1: So, yeah, so basically the entire starting defensive line for um, the Lions, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, Max
0: Crosby, like you said. Um, he's
1: one of the biggest names and then Chandler Jones I think is another huge name he's the Cardinals one I don't know if how many people around Detroit follow Cardinals football but
0: um. he's also trained DK Metcalf because I guess this guy's skills um what he teaches he teaches um a lot of like hand movements um which is really valuable for receivers that are trying to get off the line and offensive linemen too um so he's he's trained DK Metcalf and quite a few offensive linemen as well so maybe he can help with uh, some of our offensive linemen and either combating defensive line swim moves and things like that, or, uh, or just helping them with their own technique.
1: Yeah. Uh, We got Von Miller on here. That's, that's a good one. I, this guy, I, I just, I feel like it was kind of a, it was a uh, innovative hire too, you know, not many people. Well, nope. Usually you take a coach from another program who was really successful there and he can kind of, you know, come to a bigger program and prove himself here this one is kind of like out of the blue where where this guy is more of a, you know, like you said, a tutor and not necessarily as much of a coach. And I, I just think that it's like a really interesting hire and it will be really interesting to see how it works out, especially from the recruiting aspect and the, and the pass rush aspect. So I agree.
0: It's a totally, totally out of the blue hire, but again, yeah, very, very innovative and something that you just did not see coming. I mean, I heard it and I was like, Oh wow. Like, who is this guy? What's his experience? And then I heard it, and I was like, Oh, you know what? That actually really makes sense. Like, who do you want coaching your defensive line? Well, you want whoever coaches the best defensive linemen in the world, and the best defensive linemen in the world are in the NFL. Yeah. So who's who's coaching them? And not just the position coaches in the NFL, but I'm, you know, they all have trainers and technique, you know, gurus and leaders. So yeah, this is a this is a big deal. Yeah, And oh, TJ Watt on here, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. TJ Watt. I think he's actually the best one, at, at least from my perspective. Like, I think he's the best one he's trained so far. But anyway. Oh, you mean the
0: guy with the single-season sack record in the yeah. NFL? Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we'll, we'll definitely see how that comes out. And then Michigan State, actually, aside from the hires, they had another big contract, as you might say, with uh, oh, I like a this big one. signing with Caesars Sportsbook. And I... The, the details of the contract I'm not totally familiar with, but I have heard that they're going to do advertising in the Michigan State Stadium. Um, they're going to have some betting kiosk in, in Spartan Stadium, and then maybe like a, a section. I think right now there's like the Huntington section of, of – uh, it's like a luxury seating section at, at Spartan Stadium. Well, they're going to have like a Caesar Sportbook um, seating section. And um, also they left the contract open – so that not only could, um, not only do they give money to the school, but they also said that maybe some of the money could go to the players. So this is a potential NII deal, and yeah, NIL deal for uh, anyone who comes in, which is a huge aspect. And I, I think this is exactly where where college. is football... gonna be bigger than anything ever in history. <laughs> I honestly, I think this is exactly where college football is going, where you get all these big sponsors to not only back your stadium and pump money into your stadium and your program, but pump money into your players. Like, I mean, to have access to a huge sports book better, like Caesars, like even if you're not guaranteeing somebody a contract, but say you have like a, a five-star coming in and they are like, well, what are you going to do for me? Like Alabama's going to pay me a million dollars from their sponsors or Texas or Texas A&M is <laughs> a great example of that. Well, we – you know, you can say, you know, we have NIL deals as well, but also we have a fast track to you getting sponsored by a Caesar Sportsbook, you know, a big sports betting company. And that's just, in, in my opinion, that's like exactly what all of, you know, college football is going. And that's, you know, exactly what Michigan state needed to do.
0: Yeah. And I do think that it is worth saying that part of the deal is that, um, they will be providing education to the, uh, the student athletes about uh, dealing with sports betting and, and all the trouble that might come from that as a, really Really? that's part of it. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to provide education to the, to the athletes, which I think is good, but I think it'll also, I think it will kind of be a class to help them learn about NIL deals as well.
1: That's like a That's like a vodka company coming in and, and and sponsoring you, but they're not
0: like, they're not teaching them how to gamble and whatnot. I think they're, Helping them deal with the pressures that might come with that. I mean, one of the big things about keeping um, betting out of sports was all the scandals that used to happen before technology and um, surveillance was so high. With um, with different athletes, like you know Pete Rose, but there's a famous Boston College basketball scandal where the mob was, or somebody, I think it was the mob, I don't know, was uh, was paying Boston College Rocket basketball Hillary. players to throw games.
1: Yeah. No, I I I think uh it, it's that's interesting. I just I think it's like it's like the commercial for the 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 huge liquor bottle with all these bombs and explosions and 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 hot women and guys, everyone dancing on a beach with a drink in their hand and then at the end it's like please drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think of that. <laughs> anyway, um, oh,
0: but no, I think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's good. Um, I'm just hoping, at least from a fan's perspective, I mean, we used to um, go over to Windsor every once in a while before COVID closed the borders. And so we, I think, you know, most of the people in our friend group, we have uh, Caesars rewards cards. So I'm wondering if maybe we can use some of our rewards for uh, free MSU basketball tickets or, you know, upgrades to s- uh, sit in the suite that you're talking about, I think
1: <laughs> you know, Alex, I like I like where your head's at. I think that's uh, I think that's exactly where you, you should go. Like, if I I feel like if I have a ton of rewards at you know Little Caesars Casino down or wherever, I should be able to like use the rewards and get myself some nice seats at the football game. I think it'll be sure fun.
0: absolutely i mean that's way better than free tickets to the buffet or whatever
1: yeah or what is a, a, a customized what are the, the artisan pretzels that's what they are good
0: soup <laughs> oh auntie ann's pretzels <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah could i just get like a thousand auntie ann's pretzels that'll be my my free play <laughs> the
1: uh um you know the big joke going around when when michigan state signed the deal with rocket mortgage was like you know the michigan state spartans basketball team presented by rocket mortgage. And that was like their headline for everything. Right. <laughs> is it going to be, is it going to be now the Michigan state Spartans football team presented by rocket mortgage and Caesar Sportsbook?
0: <laughs> yes. The the Caesar Sportsbook Michigan state Spartans presented by rocket mortgage and, and financed by at, at UWM field.
1: You know, uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of people who I think, um, are going to see this and think like, you know, it goes against the tradition of the football team and what college football was was, you know, the the big games uh, against your rivals and the and the rituals and the traditions that kind of came with that and this kind of almost spits in the face of them because it monetizes it and but I honestly I it's just it's the way that uh, college sports is going now that NIL is a thing and people are getting paid and you you just it's just how it's got to go. So, it'll it'll be interesting to see if the experience at Spartan stadium changes in the next coming years or so. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, whether you're happy about it or not, you have to be, whether you're happy or not about the direction that college sports is going in overall, I think you have to be happy if your team is leading the wave. I mean, I want my team to be at the forefront because that's going to win us championships. Right. Yeah. I mean, whether, I mean, whether I like how they're doing it or not, as long they're doing it the way everyone else is, there's there's no glory in you know, doing it without an IL or anything like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think you know, Alabama and, and Georgia aren't you know, or if Texas A and M wins one in the next two years or so, no one's gonna be like, Oh, but you spent all those money to get those players. It's like no. Just just look at our trophy in the case right there. That's all. Just argue with that. So Right.
0: Right. The trophy case presented by you know, ExxonMobil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Caesar Sportsbook and Rocket Mortgage. So yeah, it, anyway, that, that we're doing a lot of sports today and we have one last sports, well, football topic to go through today and it's it's purely because it's one of the greatest weekends in the NFL of the entire season, I'd say.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I mean, yes, NFL Wild Card weekend is probably the best weekend of football of the year, college or NFL, yeah. I would say. But, Maybe like opening weekend for college football, but
1: yeah, no, the NFL I, wild
0: card is great.
1: I am, uh, I am absolutely pumped. So we have a full ticket of games to get to. Um, we're gonna. I don't know if Max actually sent in his picks or not. Let's see. Oh, he did. Awesome. He did. He did. Okay. Oh, he did straight up wins. He didn't do the spread. Anyway, so we'll do this. We'll do it similar to how we did it last year, how we we had a tally. We picked all the playoff games, and at the end of the game or at the end of the season, we had a uh, final bet, and that final bet will be decided by who wins the um, the who has the best record throughout the playoffs, picking the games. So I yes. don't know, Alex, if you want to get us started with the AFC here.
0: Sure, so let me just explain the format here and this is kind of contingent on Max answering my text because he sent us winners but he did not send us uh his Super Bowl matchup. So each week of the playoffs, I want to go through and I would like to pick uh I would like each of us to pick the winners based on the spread and at the beginning here for a little extra side bet, I would like us to pick what we think the Super Bowl matchup will be and who we are naming champion. So we have six games this weekend, a full spread. Um, so I would like us to go through, and I can just quickly read off what the games are and what the spreads are that we'll be betting, and then we can do our picks. Now, Max texted in his, uh, his picks, but he just said wins. So we're going to assume he means cover because, uh, well, he sucks and he's not here. So that's what he has to deal with. Very fair. Um, So, on the AFC side of things, the Titans have the bye week, which is kind of incredible. Um, Just to go off on a little side note here that they have the bye week considering they didn't have Derrick Henry for like half the year.
1: And they're getting him back, right? I heard you say that.
0: Yeah, and they're going to get him back for their playoff matchup. I think they're expected to um, in in two weeks. Not this week, but next week. They should have him.
1: Which is awesome.
0: So, that is good news for the Titans. Pretty incredible, um, if you yeah. ask me.
1: That's well, that's a huge game changer. He was the yeah, leading. He, could... he was the leading rusher for, you know, however long. He, I, I don't. I, I don't know the exact week he went out, but through the through the like first half of the season, he was the leading rusher by a mile, and he was like on pace to set records with his rushing with his rushing totals. And now, like he's coming back for the playoffs. I think that's huge for their team overall. Like the, it, that was their offense.
0: Right. So hopefully. Hopefully he's healthy and refreshed when they get back. So let's do our picks, and then uh, we'll announce our Super Bowl matchup and winner, Hope hoping that um, that Max gets back to us. Yeah. Um, so we've got Steelers at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City is favored by 12.5. We have Patriots at Buffalo. They're going to be playing an extreme cold, and we have the Buffalo Bills favored by four. Uh, We have Raiders at Bengals. That'll probably be a chilly one, too, with the Bengals favored by five and a half. Yeah. On the NFC, the Packers have a bye week. The Eagles are playing at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is favored by eight and a half. San Francisco travels to Dallas, where Dallas is favored by three. I'm really excited
1: about that game, too. All on the Monday night one.
0: Yes, the Monday night matchup, battle of the NFC West foes. Cardinals at Rams, with the Rams... Favored by four. So all uh, lower seeds, all home teams are favored. Um and I will let's do AFC first. We'll do the AFC first and then the NFC. Okay. Um so again, Kansas City favored by twelve and a half. They're Which at is home. That's
1: huge. Absolutely yeah, huge. Yeah,
0: that's that's huge. But I don't trust the Steelers. I, I don't trust Big Ben. I think Kansas City runs all over them. I think they are in full playoff mode now and they win by at least 20, I'll so say. You it's going to be covered. a blowout. Okay. Um so I'll take Kansas City there with the points. Oh yeah, they're going to cover by a lot, I think. You know, um Buffalo hosting the Patriots. Um this one I think is an easy pick. I think this is an easy 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 pick for me because I think the Patriots win outright. But I will gladly take those 4 points because <laughs> even if even if Buffalo does win, it's going to be freezing cold and the Patriots are going to play them closer than anybody thinks they will.
1: You know, you know who Max anyway, has, so
0: that'll be a close game. no matter.
1: Yeah. What. I, honestly, Alex, I know next was Max. The first two for the first two picks. I completely agree with you. I think that the chiefs are going to run away from the Steelers. I think they just have too much offensive firepower for them to even come close to competing with. And then the, and, and the patch, the Patriots over the bills, I think is an easy pick. I think you saw and the first matchup, not as much the second matchup that they had during the regular season, the Patriots were just able. They ran the ball literally every play except for like two or three. I think Mac Jones threw two or three plays, and they won the game. And yeah, that's I think,
0: not hyperbole. Mac Jones threw like three passes,
1: literally two. And I and and I there's just no way that the Buffalo Bills can do that with their the style of offense that they typically run. So I think the Patriots run away with in the cold weather easily, literally run away, and then. Uh, I said Max. Max has the Chiefs, and then Max also, but Max is going against us and has the Bills. So, be
0: a anyway,
1: he's uh, <laughs> he's going to follow up with the Bills. And then who's your next pick, Alex?
0: Well, Raiders at Bengals. Bengals are favored by 5.5, which is kind of a tough number because these playoff games – Tend to be closer than you might, but five and a half is a lot of points. So I do think the Bengals win, but I'm gonna take the Raiders to cover.
1: To cover, it, the um apparently the all of the Vegas money is on the Raiders right now. So that'll be interesting. I you know Alex, I just think that uh, Jamar Jamar Chase and uh, Burrow are just way too hot of a combination to. Um, to slow down now, and I don't think the Raiders have the secondary to even come close to uh, stopping them. I mean, Chase is putting up Randy Moss numbers this year, and if you have something that, that, that is that special, I don't think there's any way that a team that barely snuck in like the Raiders can stop them. So I'm going to have to go with the with the Bengals to not only you know win but take the 5.5 points with it. Max also has the Bengals, by the way. Okay. So he's going right. to side with me.
0: I, I like that pick. Like I said, I really like the Bengals. Five and a half is just a weird number. I could see it being a field goal game. Although I heard um, on the Dan Patrick show this week that Joe Burrow has played in six high-profile gotta have it games. That's what Dan Patrick called it, like ch- championship type games or um, need to win to get into the playoffs. And Joe Burrow is six and zero in those games, averaging over four hundred.
1: Passing yards. So he, he comes so, when it's when it's time to play big. He plays yeah. big. Yeah. Nice. He uh,
0: he has the experience.
1: The show that he, he does it. Yeah.
0: He has been level. <laughs> we're
1: so, losing. Jay, we're, <laughs> we're losing your audio the there NFC. a little
0: bit. One at a time. Yeah. Oh no! Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now onto the NFC. We got gotcha. you.
0: All right. We're on to the NFC. And uh, we'll do these one at a time. Eagles at Bucks. Bucks favored by eight and a half. I think they win by ten. I'll take the Bucks. You think the Bucks? Although won? I I will say this is a tough one um, because the Bucks are a little banged up, and I don't think they're as good as they were last year when they made the Super Bowl. But I don't have faith in the Eagles. I think their offense is just too sloppy.
1: So. The number one rushing attack, at least for the past, like, three weeks or so, has been the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, the Philadelphia Eagles and then the Bucs have been known. They haven't been able to stop the run very well this year. On top of that, Tom Brady is down a few weapons with uh, Antonio Brown making his, you know, grand <laughs> grand uh, exit. And then, is and uh, is it Evans or God? No, I think Godwin's been out. So I think
0: Godwin's out for the season.
1: Yeah, with with Brady down some points and the Eagles having such a strong running attack, I'm going to actually take the Eagles to cover here. I don't know if they win, but I'm going to take them to cover. And then Max Max has the Bucks. I don't think that's a bad pick. And then the, Max has the Bucks. Yep. So he can uh, his 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 uh, great breakdown. And like you said,
0: the Eagles have had. Yeah, yeah. He just sent us the names <laughs> of the teams that are going to win.
1: No reason behind it.
0: Thanks, thanks, Max. Really appreciate that. Oh no! Oh no! All right, San Fran at Dallas. I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, I think San I think San Francisco has really improved as the year has gone on. Um, I've just liked what they've put together Um, but I don't know I don't have much to say for this game to be totally honest I'm just going Dallas (laughs) Dallas covers three I think that Dak Prescott has a lot of pressure to perform here Um, and I think Dallas just has too many weapons um, to be stopped by that San Francisco defense although I am worried that Dak Prescott and his receivers aren't always on the same page him and Cooper seem to not connect As well as I would hope they would Um, but but I'm gonna go Dallas I think they just I think Micah Parsons will be a huge weapon on the defense for them Um, and I just I just don't know if San Francisco can keep up with them
1: so I actually I got the opposite here I think Dallas is sort of stumbling into this playoff situation Um, I know their offense was very good in the beginning they've kind of slowed down a bit here at the end and San Francisco San Francisco's playing their best ball, and they're playing playoff football, I think. They have a great pass rush that's finally coming together. They have a running attack that just cannot be stopped. And it's not even the the, the running back. You don't even know who's, which running back is going to get it, and it just goes for 10 yards every time the guy gets the ball. I mean, it's even Debo Samuel. They got their wide receiver taking handoffs. I think that the San Francisco, this is the upset of, of what is it, Sunday. And I think the San Francisco takes this one, Steals it from the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Wow. Okay, that would be pretty disappointing for the Cowboys. I know they have some really high hopes for this season.
1: And Jerry Jones teams. Uh, Jerry Jones teams always choke in January. Dallas always seems to make the playoffs, and they never do anything with it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Max has the Cowboys. All right. (laughs) Cardinals at Rams. Rams favored by four. This is my upset of the weekend. i have the cardinals winning unfortunately matthew stafford has just not looked up to snuff lately and uh i just i just don't know i i think that the cardinals have something to prove i think that they have uh a lot of weapons their defense has been really strong especially if jj watt comes back um that addition of Zach Ertz at tight end has really helped them Um, i guess i don't know if deandre
1: hopkins is going to be
0: back do you know zach
1: No, DeAndre Hopkins will not be back.
0: He will not be back. Okay, well, that hurts for sure. But we've seen that A.J. Green has been able to step up. Um, Christian Kirk has had a nice season. Um, Of course, Cooper Cup um, and Matthew Stafford will perform. But I think Matthew Stafford just makes a few too many mistakes. And Kyler Murray, who could have been in the MVP running if he hadn't gotten hurt, I think. Oh, um,
1: that's how you're going to blame it. I think Steelers
0: one for the Cardinals.
1: You know, Alex, I this one's really tough for me. Four points for the Cardinals is a lot. I think that the Rams end up winning this game because I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury has been able to coach in late season, like at, after November. It's just nothing he could do. Like there was a there was a stat, and it was like he's three and like ten or something after November, and I just don't think that he can do it. But I think that the Four points is a lot. So I'm going to say that they actually cover the four points, but the Rams win.
0: Okay. Okay. So we're on the same page there. Now comes for our much awaited Super Bowl picks. (laughs) Should we read off Max's first? He texted. Yeah. Max has the Bills playing the Packers and he has the Packers winning, but he says he'll root hard for Buffalo. Buffalo. And that's all he
1: says. Well, oh, I think you and I both don't have the Bills getting there, so. <laughs> no.
0: I mean, it could happen. If they get through the Patriots, I think that's a tough first-round draw for them. If they get through the Patriots, I think they could get there, but I think that's a tough first game. Yeah. Yeah. So who, who's your pick, Zach? I'll let you go first.
1: So for me, this is interesting. The AFC is just so wide open. I don't know if there's one team that really stands out to me as the clear Super Bowl champion. The one thing that um, Kansas City has is the experience, and I think they're playing their best football now, and I don't think when Kansas City's playing their best football, I don't think any of these teams can really compete with them. So I'm going to go with Kansas City, and then from the NFC, I'm going to do – Uh, The Packers Because Aaron Rodgers is playing Out of his mind right now And then I have the Packers winning his championship Wow In Rodgers last season In Green Bay Before he goes to uh, Buffalo Or not Buffalo uh, The Broncos in Denver
0: (laughs) You think he's going to go to the Broncos? Yeah Um, He very well could He could follow in Peyton Manning's footsteps for sure Um, Well to be honest, I think we are going to be on pretty similar footing here um, because I have the Titans versus the Packers. Um, I just I think the Titans have kind of snuck by everybody because they played pretty boring football. But to play a, a lot of the second half of the season without Derrick Henry and still get that bye week I think says a lot to how you've been playing. I think the addition of uh, Julio Jones has really helped them actually have somewhat of a passing game. Um, and I just think that that bye week is really going to help this year being well rested going into the next few rounds. I think that the, uh, the extra game this year really hurt a lot of teams in terms of injuries and maybe even injuries that you don't really know because it's not a star player. Maybe it's a lineman here or a lineman there. I mean, we saw how Kansas City was with their depleted offensive line in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so, Cheers, I think just yeah. that bye week is really going to help the Titans, Titans, Packers. But, like you said, Aaron Rodgers has been playing amazing. I think the argument you had for Kansas City that they're playing good football at the right time applies to the Packers as well. And I have the Packers beating the Titans in the Super Bowl.
1: And that is our first round of the NFL playoff picks. Ch-ch-ch.
0: I will say, I guess I kind of took the easy way out, taking the two top seeds.
1: <laughs> it never works out that way. Well, I feel like it never works out that way. I, I would have to look at the stats to actually see if it does. But we will see if it actually does or not.
0: I mean, we I'm- could have some surprises. I think, I mean, I don't think the Bucs can do it because I think they're just a little bit too injured right now. Um, San Francisco, if they get past Dallas, I think you're right that they are also kind of peaking at the right time. Um, but I don't know if they can get past the Packers. I think Kansas City can definitely get past the Titans, but I just think that the Titans being well rested is going to help them. I think if Buffalo can get past the Patriots, they have a chance as well. Um, but I think just the two strongest candidates are the bye week
1: teams. The only bye week. It used to be two byes. Two teams got the bye in each division. Now it's not. So right. The they added an play. extra wild card. Yeah. So anyway, it'll be a great weekend. I'm. I'm honestly, I'm really excited for this weekend. I think it's going to be you know full of oh, all these games look great i mean there's not a game here that i'm like wow this will be a horrible one so i mean maybe the, the worst one is the steelers kansas city and i think you know anyone could surprise you in you know in any game so it is the well, what's what's the
0: over in that game cuz i think kansas city might hit it by themselves <laughs> not that the steelers defense is bad it's just kansas city's offense is so good and i don't think the steelers offense will be on the field very much
1: yeah yeah definitely I, I honestly, I, I can't look at it. Let me see. My internet's uh, not working. But we will see. Yeah, I
0: I'm, I'm trying to pull it up. It might take a minute. I, I don't, it was kind of a joke more than anything, but.
1: We, uh, I think that, well, we're not a sports podcast, but we uh, we are focusing on sports today. And that, that was our last topic. So I think. We're hey, hey,
0: we talked about Drake and the hot sauce. Oh, that's
1: true. We opened up with the great Drake story. So you know what? Hey, we are officially still not just a sports podcast. Not a and club,
0: really. and we completed an episode without Max. Which so now is, we just need to make sure we can save it and upload okay. it.
1: <laughs> we have to be careful. Which might be the hard part. But yeah, yeah, we will see. Will anyone actually see this episode? We will see. Um, hold on one second. I got to get the uh, the outro going. The so,
0: over-under is 46 on that Steelers-Kansas City game, by the
1: way. It's 46. Um, you know, Alex, I might take the under. Because I think – this is what I think is going to happen. I think Kansas City is going to put up like 35, but I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be, be able to score a thing. So I don't know. Can they score 10? I don't think so. I really don't you think don't, so.
0: You don't think they can score 10? Because no, I, I agree that Kansas City will probably score about 35 on their own. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if Pittsburgh can put up 10. So, yeah, I agree. Under, under might be the play there just because of how poorly Pittsburgh's offense is going to play.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Hopefully, this is the outro. Awesome. Steelers
0: lost to uh, Kansas City, thirty-six to ten, just a couple weeks ago.
1: Oh, wait, what's the over under? Forty-six. <laughs> <laughs> so do with that what you want. Uh, this has been another great episode of the Cutting Out Early podcast minus Max,
0: Zach, and Alex. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, if you think that Max should not return to the podcast, please write us. Yeah, please you let can us find know. us on Twitter at cutting out early. We've got Instagram cutting out early. Podcast.
1: We've gotten a few more followers this week too, so definitely something to uh, to look forward to.
0: Oh, what are we up to now? One one point two million.
1: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Anyway, we're really crushing it. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate and uh, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. See ya.